It's alive! Hello? All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny! Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. I am devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? Good evening, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I am Daniel DeBana. I am. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go, go ahead. I'm, I'm getting you. ahead of myself, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> so excited. I, I am. I am. I am a guest today. I'm Andrew Chacon. Yes. Yes, you are. You got that part right, at least. Yeah, so that, that was that was good. And, uh, and, and and I'm David, but you don't care about that. Um, <laughs> so uh, so a- Andy, something that uh, that we've been doing with all the guests is we um, oh, we've got some echo there. See where it's coming in from. Uh, okay, we good. Hello. How about now? We still got echo. No. No. I'm, seems gone. I'm good. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, um, so, one of the things that we've been asking all of our uh, all of our guests to do is to give a little background on on their relationship with hist- uh with horror, their horror history, as it were. So, um. Andy, where does your relationship with horror begin? Dude, I will tell you that that you, I, I was thinking about this. You're a product of a, of the '90s. I'm a product mm-hmm. of the '80s, man. So so horror is too different. Is different when you think about it. I grew up. I grew up with slasher movies. You know, it wasn't until it wasn't until I was older that I started appreciating like Argento and mm-hmm. and and things like Suspiria. You know, but but like for me, it, it started like. I was sneaking into the movie theaters to watch, uh, to watch, um, like, uh, like Evil Dead Two, you know, oh, you so know? good, <laughs> and and um, and Return of the Living Dead. I mean, these are the things that that I enjoyed when I was a kid, you know, because I, I mean, I, I I lived in a, I lived basically in a really small town in Miami, at Miami Lakes. You know, we had one movie theater, had four theaters. You know, sneak into the back of it, you watch a scary movie. You know, that's what it was for me. But 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 Freddy and Jason, you know, those those were big in the eighties, you know, and 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 that's what I grew up on. And like I said, I didn't start appreciating. I didn't start appreciating um, things from like uh, the '60s, you know, and the '70s until I got older, you know. So, so that's the, where the, I, the nuanced stuff. Yeah, the, the, I mean, yeah. and honestly, I think that that applies to all of us, right? You get yeah. into it when you're in high school, and it's just about blood and boobs, like we tend right, to do, exactly. like we talk about <laughs> when we when we do slasher films. But yeah, like as you get older and, and you learn to appreciate, yeah, that's when you start to get into the the nuanced stuff, the stuff that that really haunts you, right. doesn't just make you jump. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah, you you mentioned two of my absolute favorites, Evil Dead Two and Return of the Living Dead. Um, I mean, these are like the 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 perfect uh, mixing of of horror and comedy. It's um, oh, great. they're they're just fantastic. And, I, 
And it's funny, like with Evil Dead, when I saw Army of Darkness, you know, I was already in college, you know, mm-hmm. so so it was basically seeing it from when I was a kid, you know, and then and in middle school, and then just growing up, and then and then and then seeing it evolve as you get older. I mean, I mean the the, the horror, the comedy, it's all just great, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's fantastic, man. Yeah, I I would um, I would love to have been around for uh for that stuff as it was coming out yeah it's like you said i'm a a, i'm a 90s kid so so for me um you know even though i i love the 80s slashers um and and truthfully they're probably the the horror movies i watch most often um for me horror starts with like the later Friday the Thirteenth movies, right? With, the, with, with with the later Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, right? Uh, from from the early '90s that like I'd pick up at you know Blockbuster, and you right. know it's it's what was up there, you know, um, stuff like Scream, like that's that's what was it, Candyman. That's the stuff that was, right. you know, the the posters were up when I went to the movie theater. I'm like, mm-hmm. that looks really scary. Yeah. I want to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Awesome, man. That's great. So um, we have with us now uh, something that we haven't done since we came back from our hiatus, which is a brand new movie. Absolutely. Because right? uh, we, we, we did this with, uh, with, with Fear Street, and, yes. uh, and I was pleasantly surprised with Fear Street. Uh, and, and here we are with with Malignant, which was released last week. Uh, was it last week or maybe the yeah, week I believe before? It was, yeah, like if you're watching live, it was just this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I think this movie is less than a week old. Um, yeah. If you're listening, yeah. then yeah, just in the past couple weeks. Yeah, and um, directed by, I, I think, one of the, uh, the, the, the modern you know, horror maestros, James Wan. Uh, he took a little detour into, into superhero movies, um, which, which I personally liked. I, I liked Aquaman. Yeah, um, I thought he did a great job. Of Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> to me, uh, go, going back to the eighties, it, I, I felt like it evoked like eighties, uh, like sci-fi action movies, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the vein of like crawl and Beastmaster right. and stuff like that. But, um, he's, he's clearly going back to, I think um, like seventies horror mm-hmm. with uh, with this movie, uh, which he did with Conjuring, which he did with Insidious. Like this, this seems to be his wheelhouse. So um, he, um, I think he's kind of positioned himself as one of these like modern visionaries, right? He's he's calling back to this old stuff, but like he, cl- I mean, with the saw, he kind of turned the genre on its head. Right. So um, how how does how does this stack up against his his past horror movies? I mean, when when people talk about the um, the modern scary movies, like the the scariest movies of the last 10, 15 years, you're going to see Conjuring. You're going to see Insidious on people's lists. So um, how how does this one fare? Andy, you want to go first since you're uh, you're a guest? You know, I I I gotta make the comparison to to his earlier work. I mean, I I'm a big fan of Insidious. I I love The Conjuring, mm-hmm. and 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 the the funny thing is 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 he's he's he has a formula, but he's not formulaic. And and when you watch his films, I mean, you may see the same thing 
again, the way the way that the way that the lights go out and the shadows in the corner and the lights go on and then the, the person standing there, you know, and you see that. Um, but but it 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 it's it's not you don't go in there thinking you know oh, it's the same thing. No man, it gets you every time, you know, and that's just the way that's just the way that he is with his with his uh, with his films. I. I, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, as far as far as this film, because I do say there's a formula to it, he does take a step further as far as the reveal, you know, which to mm -hmm. me was like was a little nuts, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? that's that's an understatement. Which, which is unlike his other films, you know, because you, which, it, it, spoiler alert: this is yeah. a brand new movie. If you have yeah. not seen it yet, we are <laughs> going to be talking about the the movie. There's always twists in a James Wan movie, so uh, prepare yourself. You have been warned. This is the only spoiler alert we're going to give. Yeah. So, so here the, the reality is, is another thing that I liked about the film was I had, I had, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Seattle, you know, <laughs> you know, I, the, you I, know, I actually haven't. Yeah. I, I was there. I was, I've been there a couple of times when I worked for clear channel ages ago. Um, but I didn't see much of it. And I went on a, an Alaskan cruise a couple of years ago and we spent a few days in Seattle and, and I learned about the underground, but I had my 10 year old kids with me, you know, I didn't want to like give them, fill them with their, 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 their crop of nightmares for the month by taking them into the <laughs> underground. So, so, so I didn't, so I wasn't able to go, but I heard so much about it. And Seattle is just an amazing city. So when they brought that history into it, I thought that that was really cool. And, and I wish they would have like expanded on that a little bit, but they didn't. And that's fine. Um, but Seattle's a, 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 a disappointing, but you know, Hey, fuck uh, me, yeah. right? <laughs> you know? but, but, but you know what it, 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 the, the the city itself is just a, a great backdrop to the movie and 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 the, I mean I don't want to get too far ahead of myself but but the whole idea of the creepy hospital on the side of a cliff thing and you know that 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 actually exists up there I mean there's a really cool one in Vancouver that I'd never go to but 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 those <laughs> I'm telling you but those but those asylums actually exist so when you see that in that movie you're not saying man that, that that's far fetched no that actually exists you know hmm. uh, may, I mean maybe maybe to not to that level but but it's there so i really thought that that was cool too but um i gotta say i gotta say like look it, it's just it was just a little too much for me but but i'll leave it at that as far uh you guys go ahead and and i'll just piggyback off of that All no right. that's 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 good i think uh so yeah like uh watching this movie uh, and, and knowing who James Wan is, knowing all of these films that he's done, you immediately start making those comparisons. So you immediately see, oh, creepy house, right? Totally Wan. Like, that's that's all him. He knows a creepy house. Um, he's going to stick with uh, doing creepy houses. Uh, but then it, it does it does twist from that. It does start to change. Uh, so when you start to compare it, there are some parallels to be drawn here. Uh, like Andy said, in some of the ways that, that he does certain things, you know, certain uh, gags for lack of a better word, kind of play out the same way, but this movie definitely carved out its own space in uh in in what Juan has done it's easy to occasionally think of insidious or think of the conjuring and not remember exactly which one is which right um you, you start to kind of interplay especially because the the one dude who plays james warren is in both of them right, right. so so it's easy to 
it's easy to kind of misplace details from the two of those movies within each other. This movie, I think, very much stood alone. Like, you're not going to start to think about uh, Malignant and be like, oh, wait, did that happen in Insidious or did that happen in Malignant? No, no, no. Not right. in this one. Right. Uh, so... I could tell that while he wanted this to be a movie that, that everybody would know was his, there were also a lot of things that we're going to get into that, uh, that definitely made it stand out. Right. Uh, and uh, at times I think that really worked. I think there are some other times where uh, maybe the movie kind of started to lose its way, depending on what you're looking for. Uh, mm -hmm. So as far as it stacks up, I'm not willing to put it on a level with Insidious and Conjuring um, because, like you said, I consider those just elite new right. age horror movies. Like those, those are really a masterclass in how you make a horror movie these days. And this one, I think, uh, falls more into an early 2000s kind of feel, uh, which, I, you know, I'm not holding that against him. I'm not saying that makes it worse. I'm just saying it, it doesn't set it apart uh, from other horror films like those two are, but it definitely sets it apart from other Wan films. Right. I um I love that that comparison that you made to it being like early two thousands horror films. It uh, I definitely got that feel watching the movie that this movie was a throwback, not just to um, the nineteen seventies like mystery thrillers that he's um, clearly like leaning into a little bit, but also in, in style and the way that he's telling this story. Uh, to me, it felt a lot like that sort of resurgence in the slasher that came about in the early two thousands. Um, right. You know, that, that, that gave us those, um, you know, whether you like them or you don't, those reboots of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, uh, this, Jeepers I think, Creepers. Jeepers Creepers, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Valentine, you know, Urban Legend, you know, stuff like that. This, I think, um, would have been right at home in that era. Mm -hmm. um, although clearly there's some special effects here yeah. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that make it kind of stand apart. Um, I am a James Wan fanboy, and I make, um, uh, like, I'm... I, I'm not going to mince words. I love him. Uh, anything he makes, I'm going to watch. Um, Man, when you paused you know, after you said I make, I was like, if this fool says fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's him and Lee Wano. And they um and, and, and they're in they're in a romantic relationship. Ah, uh, yes. It's, Poor yeah, flash it's, flick. Yeah, it's called Fifty Shades of Blood. Um <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, uh, like, as, as as we look at this, I know we're going to get to it, but man, the, the one thing that definitely, th that you look at this and you're like, man, how do I stack this up against other Wan films? Man, this dude can shoot the hell out of a movie. Yes, yeah, he, can. he can. Oh shoot my gosh, that, that one and, scene. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, 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 I'm just going to say, like, I know we're going to get into technical aspects and stuff later, but just off the top, I mean, like, immediately you're just, you're assaulted with how well, like, the, the vision that this guy has for a movie and how well it translates to the screen. I I, I personally think that, um, you know, I, I mentioned I was a Juan fanboy. I think that without Juan at the helm, this would be a somewhat forgettable horror flick. 
Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. With, uh, with an interesting twist that if you buy into it, movie works well. And if you don't, movie's destroyed by it. Right. Um, it, it certainly is not uh, something on the level of high tension. I know we always go back I, to I high tension. I knew we were going to bring up high for, tension again. But uh, yeah. for, for twists that don't work. But high tension is a twist that doesn't work no matter how you slice it. So um, this is one where it's like, okay, you either accept the terms that are presented to you or you don't. You know, it's kind of like, well, I either accept that Superman can fly and that he can, you know, uh, bounce bullets off of his skin, that he's got laser eyes and like super breath, but he can't see through iron. You know, like I either accept that and enjoy a Superman movie and the comics and the cartoons and all that, or I don't. And in which case I can't enjoy any of that stuff. So I I think that that's what, what this twist is. Uh, And we'll, we'll get to that, to to what the twist is and and, and how it works later. But um, I think without him, this movie just becomes so much fodder in the, in, in the, the streaming verse. Mm-hmm. And just real quick, as we are a uh, a podcast network full of geeks, geekbro.net, check us out. Uh, he can't see through lead, not iron. <laughs> it is lead. Thank you so much. I, I said it, and as I was saying, and I was like, I know this is wrong, like, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I can't remember what it is. And I was like, right. it's, it's not bronze. I know it's not steel. <laughs> so Man embarrassing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, and, and that's, and I, I absolutely agree with you because for all of the reasons that we're going to get into, which are other bullet points, um, you know, that is what makes this a James Wan film like that. Like when, 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 we, when I, when you sent me the list today, I was like, okay, he sent me a list. That's like, here are the reasons this is a James Wan film. Like we're going to talk about right. these. Right? <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, that's, that's so, it's so perfect in that because you can look back on so many of his movies and see that like, saw maybe you know saw okay maybe anybody could have done a good job with that that twist was so out of left field nobody saw that Mm -hmm. coming but when you look at insidious and the conjuring and you look at how much of that is environmental creep factor and and score and just things being Mm -hmm. done exactly right it's easy to think that either one of those movies without james wan could have just been thrown in the endless pile of haunted house movies that come out every other year and um and this and you're absolutely right this is another one that would have just been without him there's a very good possibility would have just been like a i mean i'm sure like okay yeah it exists i saw it it was we you know the twist was the twist um but yeah for all the reasons that we're going to get to i absolutely agree that he's the one who made this that's really fair because uh conjuring which i think of as his like uh his magnum opus um you take him out of it and you you probably would have people saying what's another amityville horror clone there we go. And and with him, what you have is what I've seen and heard many people refer to as the scariest movie in the last, you know, 15 or 20 years. Absolutely. Easily. I've absolutely. seen that movie. I've seen that movie so many times yeah. and yeah. I still get scared. Yeah, no. absolutely. Bathsheba is the scariest <laughs> fucking monster. <laughs> yes. uh, may, maybe since, I don't know, uh, like Reagan yeah. in The Exorcist? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
it's, is it, amazing. It, look, for me, for me, I think that every time, and I'm talking about all his films, I mean, it's just that the camera work uh, just gets better and better with every movie. And mm -hmm. this, this film was actually an idea that he had, you know, back then. I just didn't think that he was, that he thought that he could pull it off, you know. Or perhaps maybe he wanted to do something else, you know, something a little bit more marketable before he did something like this, yeah. you know, oh. because, because, because this, again, I mean, like I, like I said, this is, uh, it gets to the point where you either, like what David was saying, you either accept it or you don't. And I'm sure that that will accept it, you know, maybe, maybe not, but I'm sure that a lot of other people would have watched this and would have said, there's no way I'm not accepting this, you know? So perhaps maybe this is the perfect time for this movie for him as compared to like all his other films, which were, which yeah. were so much better, you know? So, and so as we're talking about, you know, just James Wan and his history, a, a huge part of James Wan's history is in the fact that he is considered, you know, one of these new age practical effects guys. He wants to take and push practical effects mm -hmm. to their absolute limits with CGI being um, a, a last resort. Uh, oftentimes he wants to, he wants you to see and feel everything that's happening before he relies on a computer to generate those emotions inside of you. So as we, when we look at this particular movie, when we look at malignant, how do you feel about the special effects um, at which, uh, you know, it's easy to kind of look at this one possibly and, and see, you know, one way or the other, but practical versus CGI um, compared to some of his other movies. What do you think just, just, just about the special effects in this one, Dave? Um, I absolutely loved the special effects in this movie. Uh, I, I think that he, as he's kind of shown in the past, like he only relies on CGI when it's absolutely necessary, when this is not something that you can do with practical effects. Um, he and uh, the writer for for the film, uh, Ingrid Bisou, uh, who actually played Winnie, the uh, oh, okay. the, the, the forensic scientist. Um, wow. she, uh, she, she gave an interview where she discussed how they did this. And uh, like the the transformation scene, right? Um, so you know, not I guess we, we have to talk about it, right? Yeah. But um, when Maddie or you know Emily is turning into Gabriel, it's like so many composite shots that they do like in camera, where it's um, Annabelle Wallace's performance until they cut to the animatronic that's coming out of her, um, you know, which, which of course is a practical effect that it's done so well. And like, we, we don't even see that until the jail cell scene. We don't really actually see that transformation and we've been thinking about it. It's been suggested. We're like, okay, are we actually going to fucking see this now? Right. And then when you finally get to see it, it's everything you wanted. Mm -hmm. And then the way that it, it so seamlessly cuts into the two uh, contortionists that they used for the film. Um, wow. One who had worked with him previously on, on the conjuring and insidious and, and another who was hired specifically for this, who did a lot of the, uh, the parkour and a lot of the, uh, the, the movements it's, it makes for something that's so real, like something that's so outlandish, can seem real and and it really isn't until we get to 
the um like the 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 actual you know the i guess the the police bay whatever you want to call it uh where where we start getting the bullpen that's what it's called thank you um i knew it was something with a with a b um (laughs) that uh that we we start seeing any cgi and still if if you if you read this interview uh bizu talks about how uh one thought he was going to have to film the thing in reverse right film it and then play it back in reverse oh, wow. but this uh this contortionist she was a like a, a a dancer and contortionist she was so good at doing things backwards that he didn't have to see i honestly okay so i was wondering as i watched it because of the movement with the backwards body i was wondering how much of it was actually playing backwards so you're so you're saying none of it none of it according according to this interview now um no special features or anything like that are available at at present time at the time of this recording because it's just been released i'm sure once once a blu-ray comes out and and we can you know watch making of and all this stuff behind the scenes footage we'll we'll get some more on it uh but i i found this article on bleeding cool which is where i tend to go for um uh, I'm sorry, not bleeding cool, bloody disgusting, uh, which is where I there tend to go, go for uh, for my horror news. And uh, this is the second flub. <laughs> I I need some more of this. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, according to that uh, that interview on bloody disgusting, they didn't have to do it. So it, I mean, to to me, that's just fucking insane. Yeah. That that, that and and so the CGI that we get is. Obviously, you know, we get some some blood spatter there in uh, in the bullpen. Lots of blood that we see coming out in the jail cell. But it, it, so much of this relies on that special uh, special effects done in front of the camera. Uh, you know, starting with that very opening scene when when we see Gabriel obscured by um, by the curtain. Oh yeah, right. That yeah. that was chilling, chilling. Um, I, to me, the things that set a James Wan movie apart, and this does just as well as Conjuring or, um, or Insidious is special effects and his technical, uh, proficiency, uh, you know, things like just turning lights on and off and all of a sudden there's someone there and someone's not there. And then someone's there again, you know, things, things like that. It's, it's just like old school camera tricks that, that he knows, you know, uh, he's, 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 uh, he, he prays at the altar of the old school and like the very old school, like going back to the thirties, the forties, uh, you know, you look at, at things that James Whale was doing with uh with frankenstein and bride of frankenstein and and the invisible man like uh, the camera tricks light tricks and and that's what he's doing but he's like ratcheting it up to 11 you know because these amps go to 11 and (laughs) and that and he's 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 creating something that is truly terrifying it's not just atmospheric anymore but the special effects actually add something to to this movie so i mean in, in my opinion this this is really where the movie shines all right. What do you think, Andy? Well, I one of the one of the scenes that I enjoyed 
Um, well, like I said, the camera work just got is just so much better in this film. When she's running through the house and and she's going from the downstairs to the upstairs, and you see the 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 camera angle straight from the top, you know, and yes. just following her own. Well, that was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. And 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 I you you don't see that in his other films. He's just being to me. It's just being more experimental, especially with this film. Um, and with the, in the very beginning, what David was talking about, I I honestly I I knew nothing about about the fact that the that that was actually that it was a contortionist, but I didn't realize that that was all her. I didn't know that, you know, that and the camera work just makes the, makes, makes it, makes me, makes me just think that this is just now even better than what I thought it was. I mean, um, I have this thing that I call it like horror reality. Like, like there's only so much that mm -hmm. you could push it to. And then you say to yourself, well, wait a second, you know, cause for me, <laughs> for me, I, I, I like when the reveal came out, I was like, Oh, and then I went, Oh, you know, so <laughs> you know, I, I think we may have all had that reaction. Yeah, yeah, but but still, like there was to me, there was a difference. The the, the jail cell scene was was out of hand, amazing, oh, yeah. was uh, incredible. You know, but, I, I think that that scene gives the um, the hallway fight in Old Boy a run for its money. Yeah, you know, it it really does. Like it that. The, the that stacks up with so many of those great and that hallway scene you know has been re recreated at infinitum at yeah. this point daredevil's yeah. done it twice oh yeah, um, yeah. you know but and it really does stand out as one of the as as uh as something that, that's amazing when it comes to the special effects in this i was i was kind of torn at first um and it, and it was a silly thing that i got over immediately um, and and kind of brought myself into to letting myself believe it was cool, but it just kind of it was it was so out of place for me. That first time when she like experiences like the room melting around her, and, and she's brought to where Gabriel is is committing this murder. I was like, yeah, oh, that that was that was weird. And then it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that it took me out of the moment. It was like it made it un it would made me uncomfortable for some reason but then that kind of played into what they were after because mm -hmm. she was supposed to be uncomfortable and you know that was obviously cgi but the way it was done and and part of it may have just been you, you're not used to this level of cgi in his films that was by the second time it happened i and i was ready for it i was so in awe of how beautiful that transition was in the way that one room would melt away. And then the other one would literally build from the ground up. Like it would, it would melt down and then build up. It wasn't just like a, a wipe or a seamless transition. So by the second time that happened, I was, I was floored at how beautiful that was. And um, like you said, there, there's, there is some CGI here where you got some blood splatters and you got some things like that, but that moment of CGI uh, was so incredibly done I, that I, uh, I I was I, I was I was good with it. You know, it was one of those things where I think at first I was just kind of like ah, I wasn't expecting CGI, so that was weird. But then when I could appreciate it that second time through, I liked it a lot. I think that the special effects, um, as far as some of the makeup is concerned, was incredible. Uh, that very first time when we see a close up of Gabriel's face when she's stuck On the there. bed. Yes. yes. Yeah. When she's stuck there on the bed and, and he's murdering one of the doctors and you see that close up of the face. I mean, that's nightmare fuel. 
the way that that face looked and it looked right at her and it was just like this one eyeball moving really yeah. rapidly around and it, was, it was neon right. green yes and it was and it was obviously on a face like thing but it, you could tell it wasn't really a face because it wasn't positioned where you would like to see an eyeball and so the makeup in, in those situations was just so good and so many of the little things that they do during the murders and uh and just the just how brutal these scenes played out when we're watching these people get killed and this was right, his right. most brutal film it's yes bloody, like the, bloody 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 the, the 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 line between what was cgi and what was practical was mm -hmm. so fine in those moments when he's on top of the first the, that first doctor like beating her with the statue that he eventually mm -hmm. turns into the murder weapon god like i could feel every one of those blows and part of that was the special effects and how good it was but another part of that was absolutely just how well that actor was selling actually beating someone to death with the statue yeah. and there was so much rage in every one of those blows that that the the special effects just sold even more so what the actor was giving me which was just pure unadulterated rage and so when we do get this when we do get the special effects that are not practical they they do so in just enough way to highlight something mm -hmm. he never leans directly on a big moment being cgi he very much uses it as a, as, as a garnish, not as your entree. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what makes, that's what makes the special effects in this so good. It's, it doesn't rely only on the special effects. The special effects are almost an afterthought. You're, you're so into what's going on, whether it be the action scene in the bullpen, whether it be the, the massive, a gory reveal in the jail cell um, or one of the murders. You're so engrossed in what's actually happening that the, the special effects only serve to heighten that mood instead of them being the sole purpose for that scene existing. Right. One of the things that you said that, that, that really struck me was the murder weapon. I mean, that takes me back to, to, to the idea of, of like Freddie's glove, you know, or mm -hmm. a chainsaw. I mean, he, I mean, they put a lot of emphasis in, in, in creating that murder weapon. And that was really cool. You know, when I saw the preview to the movie, they had the, they had the scene of, of the CGI where the room is changing. And, right. and the last one film that I saw was a conjuring two. And, and I was thinking to myself, I, I hope that he doesn't put a lot of CGI into this film. Because if you saw the Conjuring two, and I was talking to David about this, uh, what's this? What's the name of the uh, of the of the character in the Conjuring two? Uh, no, the the, oh, the, the, the crooked man, the, the, the crooked man. man, the crooked man. When I saw that in the in the Conjuring two, it the CGI to me almost seemed laughable, you know. And so I was sort of worried that this that it was going to happen in this film when I saw when I saw that. But you're absolutely right. It was it was it was beautiful. It was the transformation, and 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 there there was a connection. There was an absolute connection, and I, and 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 I dug that. That was excellent. Um, one one of the things that I I really loved about this movie, 
was um, I kind of felt like he, because the, the violence is so visceral and so real. Oh God. Yes, despite, so despite the um, like absolute bonkers twist in this movie, the actual violence itself is pretty real. Mm -hmm. um, it seemed to me like he was pulling from so many um, like real gritty movies to, uh, to it, it, like he thought, okay, so where, where have I seen like the best violence Ugh. and, and where, where have I like winced when I've been watching these movies and, and, and he kind of did that himself um, because I saw in uh, particularly the, the jail cell scene and the, and the bullpen scene uh, there's, there's bits of old boy in there. There's bits of the raid in there. There's bits of uh, Bone Tomahawk in there. There's bits of uh, Brawl and Cell, Cell Block 99 in there. Ooh, and um, I, I, to, to me, it was like, you know, Juan does this thing where, um, kind of like we were talking about Del Toro last week, where he can, he can take inspiration and turn it into something unique and turn it into something his own where I was watching this and thinking, I wonder if that's where he got it from instead of, Oh, that's clearly from this place. And it, and it, I, I think delivers something that to me is, is just as visceral because it's reminding me of all these things where I, where I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Um, that seems really fucking painful. Right. Right. Before, you know, um, and also, not related to this at all, but Andy, I thought about the conversation you and I had about the crooked man and yeah. about the the his his presentation and and how you didn't like it. And I think I know why the crooked man looks the way that he looks because nothing else in that movie looks that way. Right? No, it doesn't at all. So um, remember that the 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 little boy has that sort of I, I don't remember what it's called, but that that little toy where you. You know, the oh, lamp the, turns right, on right, and it projects, walking, right, and, yeah, and, right. And, it, and it projects, and so it moves in this really like staccato way. Right, right. The, the crooked man moves in the same way that it does in that no, that right. little yeah. in that little lamp. So I I think I think it's intentional. Now, what, that whether makes sense. It makes whether sense. whether that translates to something that actually you know looks good on screen, like I I enjoy it. Uh, just because to me it reminded me of the the old you know claymation and dynamation stuff that Ray Harryhausen right. would do, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and anything that reminds me of Jason and the Argonauts, I think is a good thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but since uh, we've been talking about this, I mean, we we can't we've been tiptoeing, we've been tiptoeing, <laughs> we we can't really get around it. Uh, the the fucking plot and the twist to this movie right i mean the special effects are like intimately tied to this thing so um i mean for starters does the narrative work on a very simple basic level does the narrative work um my opinion i think he's drawing from a lot of like 1970s italian giallo films i don't know if you guys yeah are are really familiar with this uh, i know who i'm talking to so i know you are <laughs> um i mean fuck andy you you you, you named the maestro right. uh you know argento, argento at, right. at the at the top of the at the top of the show um you know these were for the listener if you're not familiar with uh or the viewer if you're not 
familiar with giallo films these were sort of like almost um like mystery thrillers in the agatha christie style or the sir arthur conan doyle style mm -hmm. but uh supremely bloodier and more erotic and uh, are kind of the progenitors of the slasher uh, so at, at the at the core of this was usually either a detective or someone playing detective trying to solve a mystery. And in this case, we have two. We have the actual detective and we have uh, Maddie trying to solve the mystery on her own. Right. Um, so does this work as like a throwback 70s giallo? Does it work as as a as its own thing? And the fucking twist right <laughs> um how does the twist work for you does it not work for you what were your thoughts when it happened what are your thoughts now that you've had a little bit of time to digest uh daniel we'll we'll start with you so um I'll, I'm, I'm just i'm just gonna jump right out there i'm gonna get into the plot twist okay so last chance if, you're, if you haven't seen it yet turn it off now so we eventually find out that Gabriel does exist. He is not just a voice inside her head. He was a parasitic twin that was attached to her. Um, he was evil, just pure evil. She referred to him mm -hmm. as the devil. They attempted to remove him. Okay, I'm with you so far. But then they were like, <laughs> but they're connected at the brain. So there's some of it we can't take away. So we're just going to push him down into the back of her skull <laughs> and then we're gonna like build another skull on top of it. and i was like okay now maybe i'm not with you but i can forgive the fact that that moment of like sealing him down in her skull was weird for me I can forgive that because of the fact that he still existed in her skull. We got that amazing scene of her skull literally splitting that open was, as he emerged. That was great, man. That was absolutely <laughs> great. So I'm willing to forgive the fact that that was a little bit much for me because it explained why this started after she got her head smashed into a wall. Right. And it, and like I said, it gave us that incredible scene of watching him physically emerge from her head right so that being said i think that they did a lot to explain the plot twist rather than just being like she's a chimera look it up <laughs> they they did a lot to actually go through and show us what gabriel looked like early in her life which was fucking terrifying yeah. Yeah. um they they explained that not only could she know what he was seeing but there was like a little line that in the moment almost seems throwaway where they said gabriel is able to make her see whatever he wants mm -hmm. and then all of those little things ended up building into this idea that She's kind of the killer, but it's kind of Gabriel because they're kind of the same person. And all of that, when put together into a big stew, instead of just being this one initial, you know, saw, oh, man, that guy's alive. He's been there the whole time. <laughs> twist. The end. This one was a very elaborate twist. It reminded me of, uh, there was a movie called The Skeleton Key. Oh yes, yes it came out. That was really that always cracked me up because that one of the promotion the, the main promotional thing for the skeleton key was like no matter what you do don't give away the ending and it was like how could I? I have to explain the entire movie to give away the <laughs> twist. You can't. And so like I said with this little synopsis I've given you here there's still so much involved with this twist. This was not the type of plot twist that comes out of left field 
And then you can kind of look back on and realize it plays into the movie. When you get to this, you realize that every single thing that's happened in the movie has led to this plot twist. It's not there to turn the movie on its head. It's there to explain the movie, uh, which, uh, you know, almost doesn't even make it a plot twist. It almost just makes right. it the plot reveal. Um, and then right. you realize that everything was getting to this. Uh, so as uh, from that perspective, I think the narrative works beautifully because uh, I, I was very happy when this movie was over, like you said, to have some time to, to let it digest. Um, and, and now looking back on it, I can look back at so many things that weren't clues to what the twist was. It was just the plot evolving till we reached what was that pinnacle. Uh, so I think that the narrative works really, really well. Um, I think that they did uh, they did a lot to avoid the the high tension misstep, right? They did a, they Absolutely. did a lot to make sure that when we were told no, she was there, she was kind of witness, she was witnessing these things because she was physically there when all these murders happened. They made sure to be very careful that we were never left in a position to be able to go back and find somewhere to poke a hole in that theory. So when the narrative builds like that. I think that it's I think that it's very well done when you're talking about Giallo films that this throws back to. Um, I don't necessarily I, I can see Argento in these. But when I'm looking at a Giallo film that I'm going to compare to these, I'm thinking Sergio Martino, uh, specifically all the colors of the dark, um, mm -hmm. all the, the suspense and everything that was built uh, in in all the colors of the dark. And it was just the, the weird way the movie left you uncomfortable the entire time um uh, that as soon as you said giallo and i started trying to think of ones i immediately threw back to that one and there's another one called and it's one of the most freakish like movie names ever but it's called your voice is a locked room and only I, your vice is your a locked room, locked room and, and only, only i have, have the key, key. yeah and uh that's another that's probably movie. my favorite martino one. Oh, it's so <laughs> fucking good yeah um but that's another one where so much of the so much of it is creep factor and feeling uncomfortable which a lot of these are but like I said, uh, I didn't see a lot of the things that you would look for in an Argento in these, but I did see a lot of Sergio Martino um, once you mentioned Giallo and I started thinking back on it. So if you're watching this and you are learning about uh, and you are learning about Giallo films right now, those are my mm -hmm. two Martino recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think while I was watching the movie, why it works for me and why it doesn't work for me. Um, there was one scene you, you watch a film and you say to yourself that, like, for example, you want Gabe to be a certain thing you know but then as the movie moves on um he's something else and you again you either accept it or you don't um there was one scene where she's on the phone and her back is to a mirror and you could see that her long hair draped over her back you know sort of resembles gabriel i don't know if you remember that it was I a pretty long scene but i don't remember see i don't right. remember that Right, but it's a pretty long phone conversation, and and I was I was watching this, and she kept on moving around. I think that might have been deliberate on 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 Juan's part to do that, so that you can get a sense. Okay, there's more of a connection here. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I read a little bit about it. I mean, I said I told David conjoined twins, you know, but it wasn't a conjoined twin. You know, it's it's a it's a tetratoma. Yeah, uh, teratoma, yes. right? Teratoma, and, yeah. Teratoma. You know, which 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 translated is is monster tumor, 
you know, <laughs> it really is. If this yeah. wouldn't have been a Wan film, you could have put, like you said, you could have put it somewhere in Tubi and it would have been a good title for this movie, you know, monster tumor, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but you see that, but you see that, then you see everything that like, for example, the, the, the chase through the underground, you know, where, the, where, where, uh, uh, what's, what's his name? Kakoa. I believe that's the police yes. officer mm -hmm. who's chasing him through the underground. And then, and then, and then they, they scuffle, but he's still chasing him. And then he, then they, they're up at the top of the building and then he parkours down, which is, which was incredible. It was actually yeah. really neat. But then I'm there thinking, you know what? This person has been dormant for so long. Was he like in some like, like subconscious Shaolin, you know, parkour class, you know, yeah. he, you know, it's like, come on, give me a break here, you know, <laughs> but, but, but you know what, it was still really cool, you know? And, and so, and so for me, the story, it, it, it that's why, that's why I was more like when the real reveal came out, I was like, Oh, that's cool. But, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and so it, it, I I I I was fine with it. I really was fine with it. It wasn't exactly what it's not it's it's what I expected, but it's not what I wanted, you know. I don't know if you understand that. Yeah, no, fair you enough. Know? That makes sense. Yeah. You know, and so, and so, and so it, but it, but it works. It, it works for, for what it is, you know, um, especially for, especially for the way that the, like, again, like my favorite scene was, was the jail cell scene. And, and that, and that in and of itself, when she like goes and like wow. just rips the back of her head open, I mm. was like, wow, you know, but then, but then the other thing, like you're sitting there and you're watching the the reveal where you see when you're watching like the the Manson home video films that the mother and daughter are watching these movies right and then they turn they turn the camera around from the front of her face and then you see her back and then you see Gabriel in his infancy you know that was a great reveal oh, it was oh, it was awesome and I'm there looking at this and I'm there going okay malignant yeah i get it you know <laughs> and, and, and so and then so and then so and that 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 was done in the afternoon and then she says when's the best time to go to the creepy cliffside you know um you know mental institution well at night when it's raining let's go then you know with the flashlight <laughs> you know and and yeah. so that to me that to me was just almost like a little too much but but i get it i mean as james wanted there has to be a creepy house it has to exist you know go ahead also, the the road to that hospital yeah, must have man. gone way out of the way because when she spotted it, it was still plenty of daylight. And by the time she got to it, the moon was very high in the sky. And you notice when, when she parked, when she parked, it's not like she parked in a parking space. I mean, like the front tires were almost the side of the cliff, man. I mean, a step and you're and you're like a thousand feet down. I mean, come on. And then and then she goes in with a flashlight, and and yeah, that's a place I'm gonna rummage through at like you know in the middle of the night. Yeah, I'm not, dude. I'm sorry. I, I, that that was just a little too much for me, but. But it's it's one, and it and it and 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 this, despite the fact that it is too much, it still it still works, you know. I mean, her character, the sister's character, is very important. What's her name? Sydney. Yes. She, she, Sydney. She's an yeah. she's an important character. I, I think I think that she might have. Uh, I think that that. I think that might have been the poorest acting in the film. I don't know if you agree with me on that, but 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 um but her character was necessary, absolutely necessary. Um. Yeah, I, 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 wouldn't, I, I wouldn't think... say she was the poorest acting in the film, 
I don't know. I guess maybe it wasn't poor acting. It was just kind of the way it was written. But the 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 the, the lead the, surgeon, the, I think, was. I oh, see. I was oh, thinking yeah. the lady who was bad cop was just so like rubber stamped as yeah. like a bad cop. I, right? I, like, I, just, I, I, at first, I thought, is this Wanda Sykes? I mean, who is this? You know? <laughs> I had the same thought. <laughs> Not only did I wonder if that was Wanda Sykes, there were multiple times where I went, is this chick Angelina Jolie? <laughs> <laughs> like not, the main not, the main chick i was like mm. not only did i think it was wanda sykes at first but then i became convinced that the role was written for wanda, for sykes, wanda sykes and that she read this and said i can't do this <laughs> i know because wanda sykes would have seen the the the, the stygian house and would have said hell no i'm not going in there you know, you know? <laughs> um f- for me uh, i i agree that um our Argento's giallos tend to be a little bit more straightforward than than this. You you don't get a lot of that. You know, well, you know, there's a there's a teratoma there, and you know, it's actually a a, a twin that's uh, that's attached to to the back of the head. But, but there is one in particular that I think this draws heavy inspiration from, um, probably thematically, and it's deep red. Because okay. because of like the deep dive that the um uh, the, the the main character goes into and, and getting into the the past and the history of of the killer right and Sydney does this and discovers that the killer is in fact you know her sister but not her sister you know that that sort of thing so um you know it did remind me a little bit of that but I also si- since we're just throwing out great uh, giallo directors. Y'all have to see Mario Bava's stuff uh, yes, because yes. Bay, Bay of Blood, Bay of Blood, um, Bay of Blood, you know, um, Blood and Black Lace. Um, you know these these are fucking classics. So if anyone listening has never ventured into the realm of Italian horror, please do yourselves a favor it and and sexy. Uh, yes, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. And, you, you and, know, and, <laughs> you know, you may want to throw me out after this, but when the reveal was when she turned around and, and you see Gabriel, I thought, man, that that, that, that that's Quato. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> open your mind. You know, open and that's, a, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, personally, I mean, for me, the the narrative, I think it works enough, you know. Um, the The narrative for me is a delivery system for great moments right and i think i think juan is uh extremely adept at delivering great moments um if the whole movie was nothing more than leading up to seeing gabriel come out of the back of her head on the vhs tape and then almost exactly at the same time seeing that happen in the jail cell and seeing that whole jail cell fight, I think it would have been worth it. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's worth the price of admission alone. I think it's, um, you know, and, and I, I, th- I think it worked fine. This is probably something uh, like I occasionally do director binges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, Sometimes it's not even so much, you know, like a like a series where, you know, I'm not saying, OK, well, let me let me watch all of the uh, American Tale movies. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just watch the first one because I'm going to do a Don Bluth marathon. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, not Five uh, Goes West. I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll skip Five Goes West, which is, <laughs> which is the better one. It is the better one. I'll admit that. All right. Um, 
But, you know, if I'll do that and follow it up with All Dogs Go to Heaven, and I'll skip All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, and, and then uh, just go... All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, except the two that go to hell. <laughs> We're going to do that one on the podcast. So, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, and then I'll just play, uh, you know, Dragon's Lair for, for like three hours. Dude, um, I've gotten so close to buying a cabin at a Dragon's Lair so many times. I am oh, waiting no. for Arcade One Up to to finally have theirs go on pre order. Yeah, I've yeah. had the money. I, I've had the money set aside for it. You know, for about a year, however long it's been. Well, yeah. you showed and, me. You showed me the copy that you had on your phone. I, I had to get that. You know, yeah. I spent hours. Listen, that. anytime that game is released, I purchase it. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I've got it on Nintendo. I've got it on Super <laughs> Nintendo. I've got it on GameCube. <laughs> I, I go to Arcade Odyssey here in Miami all the time just to play it. Um, yeah, I've spent way too much money on that game. Don Bluth owes me at least like a, a, <laughs> a, 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 a fucking handshake and a you know and a how do you do? So um, <laughs> where the fuck was I going with this? This is this is something that I think will definitely get thrown in with a James Wan marathon. Like I'll, I'll watch you know Saw. Conjuring one, Insidious one, and this, and I don't think it, it's out of place, right? I, dude, I, I completely agree with you. Like, uh, you know, just for for all the reasons and all the things that we've talked about, I, I think that you could you could happily enjoy this, and also, you know, it's a. Uh, like, like I said, it's, it's, there's, there's a palate cleansing um, aspect to this and it being something uh, different. So, mm -hmm. it, and so while we're talking, you know, director binges and things like that, and we're, we're looking specifically at the direction when we're, we, we, uh, Andy hinted at this earlier with, uh, with some of the technical details. Um, so when we're looking at this from a purely technical aspect, you know, we've looked at the plot, we've looked at the gore, we've looked at those things. When we're just talking the technical aspects of this movie, the cinematography, the direction, uh, the, the, the score, what was it that stood out to you for good or for bad um, when it comes to the technical aspects of this movie? Andy, why don't you start us off with this? I, the, again, the camera direction. That saves to me. That saves the film. Um, any other director would have shot this differently. Um, he wouldn't have rotated around the scenes the way that he does, uh, and he wouldn't have given you different angles the way that he shoots from the from from above when she's running through the house. Um, yeah, he 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 still does his 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 old gags with the darkness and the shadows, and 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 but to me that still works. But to me, that's really what saves the film is his direction. And not only that, but it just seems that with every, with every film that he does, despite the story, you know, and, 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 and going back to the story just briefly, um, it was this film, was the idea for the film a good idea? Absolutely, it was a good idea. There's nothing wrong. I mean, it was it, it was it was a story. It was an idea that 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 could have been been done in, in in a billion different ways. But he did it his way, and 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 it worked to a certain level. But like I was saying, um, some people may not accept it, and and but I do. But and the reason that I accept it is because of his technique, you know, with 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 direction. You know, and, and for me, that was huge. That was absolutely huge. Um, 
And so absolutely that that's what I feel with regards to, to the, to the technical aspect of the film and, 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 and the direction. Dave, uh, you know, for, for I, I feel very similarly. Um, you know, there's there's lots of movies where if you if you change that director and have it be shot by anyone else, even a, an incredibly competent director, uh, yeah. what what you have is is something less than what it is. You know, um, if you had had um, a Nightmare on Elm Street shot by Toby Hooper instead of Wes Craven, you would have had a very different movie. Uh, one that possibly had a lot of that uh, that humor sucked out of um, Freddy Krueger. You know, the, despite Hooper showing that he, he has a real good sense of humor with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. You know, uh, I think that this is one of those movies where without Juan at, at the helm, You've got a movie that doesn't necessarily work. Um, and that that shot that you talked about where it tracks uh, Annabelle Wallace throughout the entire house. I mean, to begin with, the amount of money that must have been spent mm -hmm. in creating this set to be able yes. to not only right. have her um, run throughout the house and never once see support beams or uh, a wall that should be there but isn't there i'm still um, trying to figure out how the hell he did that man. i don't i i don't i don't know how it was done you know and 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 still have uh space for uh, the camera which must be on a crane mm -hmm. to move throughout this house you know that that is to me like a, a technical feat in filmmaking that like I'm, I'm still scratching my head you know i think the last time i i was that baffled by something was in uh, a deleted scene from Terminator 2, you know, right? <laughs> Fucking 19, 1991. I, I would say I would I would compare it to how floored I was with um the the long shot from past to present in House on uh Haunting of Hill House. Right. Yes, yeah, the Haunting of Hill House. They did that amazing long shot where it was one take and they went all the way through that hallway and went from the past to the present. Yeah, uh, like that one episode that was basically all one take. Like it that was, that was yeah, the last right. time when I was just when I was this floored yeah. by a shot. You know, but, I look, but, I, but I still, I, I, I still know how they did that shot. Yeah, true enough. They just built right. the. You one know, hallway. I, yeah. they right, they yeah. built the one hallway, and you know, it tracked through that hallway, and now we're in the other house. Now, I mean, from a technical aspect, that scene, mm -hmm. wow! I mean, fuck! I think it was seventeen minutes long. That was a yeah. seventeen minute long take. That's fucking incredible, you know. Um, and and very similarly to uh, that same episode of House on Haunted Hill, um. In the kind of ante room, you know, uh, not in Nell's, um, you know, funeral room where the camera keeps circling and, and you see the little children and the players and then it circles right. around and then you see the adults. Uh, that same scene where they're hypnotizing um, Emily slash Madison. I mean, what a fucking scene where the camera keeps circling around and then it gets more and more frantic as she yes. is. Right. That was fucking nuts. And then it culminates with the camera going up and her fucking mother crashing down. Mm 
Wow, what incredible camera work. <laughs> and also, I mean, just, 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 and when we're talking just little things, the, the intensity of the rain outside that window that perfectly built right. yes. the tension mm -hmm. in the scene built and that the, the rain and that storm outside, like as we're, as we're experiencing the, the narrative storm that is her, you mm -hmm. know, accessing these, these regressed memories, we're watching a physical storm mm -hmm. become stronger outside the house. Beautiful, beautiful. Right. The, the symbolism was, was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the other things that, that you mentioned, the, the score, uh, to me, this, um, it was, it was almost like, a like, like an industrial metal score, yeah. uh, which, which, which I think contributed to that, like early two thousands feel that you were talking mm. about early on. Um, I, I, that opening credits, I was like, fuck this is a this is a banger man yeah like i i i wanna like i was expecting trent reznor or someone to like get up <laughs> get up on stage you know and, and like i i was here for it you know yeah. <laughs> um and and throughout the film the score kept that pace up you know so even when you started to question the the narrative or the 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 plot reveal or the movie started to maybe feel like it dragged a little the score kept it up. Mm -hmm. It kept that pace up, mm -hmm. you know, like, like when you're in the gym and, and you're in the fucking weeds and you're like, I, I, I don't want to do another rep. And, <laughs> and, and, and then that's, that's the moment that you put on fucking children of Bodom, you know, <laughs> and, and you're like, no, nah, no, nah, fuck that. I'm, I'm hitting it again. Let's go. You and me. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, from, from, from that angle of the score, there were moments in this where, the the score change was so jarring um but in not a bad way like when you would you'd be you'd be at the end of this really long creepy scene with you know just just that those those noises that just keep you up at night and then all of a sudden it'd be like here's the skyline of seattle and some pop music and you're like what the fuck is happening yeah <laughs> um and so there, there were there were a lot of things like that that I, again, going back to being glad I've had some time to sit with this and that I didn't just finish it. Cause when that first happened, I was like, dude, what are you doing? And yeah, now right. I look back on it and I'm like, oh, he was, he was reset. He was resetting the scene. Like now I'm reset and I'm ready for the new information that is going right. to be brought to me. Like I'm not just, I'm not just one tight muscle waiting to see what happens next. I get a second to breathe and I'll be able to bring in this information that that's, uh, that that's being delivered to me. I mean, you guys have covered the cinematography. And like I said at the top, man, this is just another right. picture-esque example of the fact that James Wan can shoot the hell right. out of a movie. And, and and no, no. And I'll, I'll just add, look, my least favorite part of the film was the bullpen scene, the fight in the bullpen, you know. But it was filmed so well that mm -hmm. that it's almost forgettable that it's that that I really didn't like. I actually liked it, you know. But yeah. that's my least. You understand? So, so, well, so. I, I, I agree with you. Like um and, and the bullpen scene, while it was awesome, and you can tell that he wanted to, you know, he wanted to do something else. He's known yeah, different, for these something different. Yeah, right. And and that's the thing, right? So you get into these modes. I get into them bad with bands sometimes, where a band will release mm -hmm. an album, uh, and I'm like, well, hmm not what I thought was coming out. One of my favorite bands of all time is AFI. They've reinvented themselves mm -hmm. probably 20 yeah. times mm -hmm. over the course of their career. <laughs> and and every time. Every time that first time through, you're like, 
ah, like their their newest album is like post punk. I don't know. I'm still not there yet. But <laughs> and, and so you know this this. But I I've gotten old enough now to where I can look at something and respect and appreciate the fact that somebody doesn't want themselves to be pigeonholed and they want an opportunity to stretch their wings. And he's uh-huh. like, you know what? I want, I want a right. fucking action sequence. Like yeah. I I made Aquaman mm-hmm. and that was cool. Right. And I've made these scary movies. Like what if I do both in one movie? Like, is, is anybody going to put up the money for that? And HBO is like, yeah, we got you. Um, and so I, I agree because that is one thing that, that I definitely agree with. While the bullpen scene was cool and, and I really liked it, it, it wasn't what I was expecting. So it, it, at the right. moment, it, it felt weird. Um, and looking back on it, you're like, okay, it was a really cool scene. Mm, I mean, maybe it belonged in another movie, but I can see why they put it in this mm-hmm. one. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's maybe one kind of misstep, just kind of depending on how you look at it. But, you know, just everything that was done with this was done so well. You know, like we talked back when we did Rosemary's Baby, we talked about how different that film would have been if if it had stayed in Castle's possession. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and it had never become a Polanski film. Right. So and that's that's the thing that we keep leaning on with this movie is mm-hmm. the fact that the fact that this is a James Wan film is why even the things that necessarily that, that don't necessarily work for you still work when looked at everything all together. And it's because of this amazing meld of the camera work, the scoring, the, 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 everything that goes into it, all of those things blending together with this narrative, make it work. And so from, you know, and from a technical perspective, there are a lot of, like you said, there are just some shots in this that are mm-hmm. just incredible. Whether yeah. or not you like what's happening in that moment or, you know, how somebody's acting or something like that, just the way that the the, the shots and, and the way that you see everything going on keep you in the moment. You're never, you're never so taken aback by something that you're completely removed from the film. Like you're always right there along for the ride. And I think that all of those technical things are what make that happen. Yeah, that's uh couldn't have said it better myself, uh, which, which kind of leads us to our rating. Yeah. Right? I, I think, I think we we've, we've covered all bases here. Um, so, uh, Andy, um, out of a possible five parasitic twins. <laughs> All right. Th- thank you, Daniel, for coming up with this one. Um, which by the way, you're, you're, becoming the fucking king of these things. <laughs> um, out of a, out of a possible five parasitic twins, how many parasitic twins do you give this? Uh, I got to give it a four. Um, I love the movie. Um, I, I think that I think that 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 for me it works, um, but I don't think that it it's it's as uh, it's as um, what's the word as as accepting you know as his other films that this one would be a little a, a bigger uh, a difficult pill to swallow for other people. But despite that, the film itself is technically done incredibly well it's filmed well the score is amazing you know the blood factor is awesome Uh, i I mean um i mean just when he got on top of that guy and just like went to work on him that was just 
Outstanding, that's, dude. Not o- not only was 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 that scene just gory and 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 beautiful, but you don't see that was. in his movies. You do right. not see that. You don't see that. It, that it was, it, but also the concept of being. Uh, so I I don't I don't I don't know if if anybody if anybody if either of y'all have, are are have ever experienced sleep paralysis or night terrors or anything like that. But honestly, what sold that particular scene for me was the idea of being stuck in bed next to that happening which that's the perspective that that emily has she's laying there just watching it happen and she can't move she's right there in Mm -hmm. the bed as it's happening inches from her that was so utterly terrifying Mm -hmm. to me right so i mean there's so many there's so many positive things about this film but i mean i'm sorry if i'm going to compare i don't want to compare it to his other films but i sort of have to you do Um, so so i'm giving it a four a four out of five a solid four parasitic twins but that would mean that would mean two parasitic twins right (laughs) two two pairs of parasitic twins exactly there you go (laughs) and teach english not math (laughs) daniel so when I when I look at this movie, uh, what I've started doing, you know, kind of as as we rate these movies is, uh, you know, we're, we're all teachers here. So, you know, and I, I'm sure with older grades, this plays even better than it does with with younger kids. But that idea of everybody in here has a 100 proves you deserve to keep it right. So I, I've started taking that approach to these movies. I'm like, all right, we're starting with five. And then I'm just, I'm going to have to, if I have to start ticking boxes on things that you lose points, that's kind of where we come away from things. So when I look at this movie as a whole and, and I look for reasons for it to lose some points, I think that this movie lost its way a couple of times if from what I was expecting. You know, it obviously right. didn't lose its way because it's what they meant to make. But as far as the the tension of the movie kind of degrading into this action film sequence, you know, like I, I'm I, going to lose some points there. Uh, and uh, and I really hate to do this. I really hate to do this. But the very last little monologue that she gives was so cheesy and cliche <laughs> that I, I just mm, it was I was like, ah, like I just yeah, like the right. very last note I wrote was like cheesy and monologue. Right. She gives her sister <laughs> just this textbook like I thought I wanted a blood relative, but you've been here all along. And I was like, ah, oh, why? <laughs> you, why you, know, you, you know what I did? You know what I did when that happened? I turned to Stephanie and I started singing the fucking Frozen song. <laughs> <laughs> na, 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 hey, na, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, you know. It, and so, and unfortunately, that was, that was such like, that was such a, at the end of all of this, right? And like, and just the, the moments that led up to that, while I see what they were getting at, like the level of uh, of cheese that it devolved into. Now, if the whole movie's cheesy, like I'll give you that. But the 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 I you know I'll I'll and when you come back, I'll be ready for you. And slams the jail cell, and then and then she says the thing to her sister. I was like, shit, why, man? Why did you do this to me? So um, I'm gonna just because of those missteps. Um, that really the 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 action scenes that were cool, they were cool. Um, but just it wasn't necessarily what I was expecting at that point in the movie, and I don't think they necessarily played well into everything. And just the 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 cheese factor being ramped up in those last five minutes, I'm going to give this three and a half parasitic twins. Okay, 
All right, the math on that is, is yeah, that's yeah. out of hand. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not even. I'm, I'm not even going to attempt that. What is one, that like? One what, of them was one, one and three quarters. What one and three yeah. quarter twins? Like one of them, um, they got all the brain fragments out of yeah. the other brain. <laughs> so, somebody's dragging their legs around, dude. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with panda socks, no less. <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah, when when the movie was over. Uh, after I finished uh, singing the the Frozen theme song, <laughs> um, I thought to myself, um, "Okay, I didn't know what exactly we were going to be using as a rating system for this one, but I knew it was going to be a three. And then, okay. and then I thought about it a little more, and I saw this on Saturday, uh, Saturday night. And no, I'm sorry, I saw this Monday night. We're recording this on a Wednesday, so I saw this Monday night, and I." Um, I went to work the next day. Andy and you, you and I talked about this uh-huh. uh, you know, Tuesday over over some coffee, and um, after letting it gestate a little bit, I was like, you know what? I kind of like this a little more. I'm going to give it a three and a half. And then I started reading up on it and thinking about the technical aspects of this. And w- when I was writing up the uh, the show program, I was like, man, there's so much fucking good in this movie uh-huh. and and then um i was still kind of set on leaving this at three and a half and then i said something that pushed me over the edge just a little bit ago about how if i were to do a binge and watch saw conjuring insidious uh, or insidious before conjuring right and then malignant in 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 that order i don't think it would feel out of place and that kind of made me think, you know what? This is not just a um, a good James Wan movie. I think it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a great movie, right? But J- but James Wan pushes it into this realm of I think I'd rewatch this thing, and I think I want to rewatch this thing. I want to watch it again and see if I like it even more. And when a movie makes me want to do that. It's usually a sign that there's something there. Very rarely do I end up thinking, "Hey, you know what? Let me rewatch this thing." And I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> and I, I'm like, "Yeah, no, it's not going to work out." So, uh, so I think I'm going to go with Andy on this and go four stars, um, which which doesn't happen often. Usually, when when I say it's going to be three stars, it's three stars. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, this this happened with Demon Knight. Also, I gave it half a star higher. Than uh, than I thought I was going to give it after after hearing Jeff and Neri talk about it and uh, and and now I've gone up a whole, a whole star a whole, whole, uh, a whole parasitic twin yeah so so there we go so we've got four three and a half and four parasitic twins for for malignant. So with, I, I, think, uh, I, think I think we can pretty pretty solidly call that a shiver seal of approval. Like, uh, yeah, you know, we, that you should check it out Absolutely. if uh, if you've listened, even if you've listened without watching it, you kind of wanted to know what we thought. Yeah, we definitely think you should give it a watch. Yeah, I th- I think anything that's a three is uh, yeah. is a hey, go ahead and watch this thing. You know, uh, if if it's two and a half, it's like you know what, you might not like this, but uh, yeah, and, and definitely you weren't warned. Yeah, exactly, and, and certainly anything less than two and a half, you know, I I, I wouldn't recommend. But a three and a half, I would. Four, definitely. Five, go see it now. Yeah, you know, it's, right. it's that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, 
I like this. I really do like it. Um, Andy, thank you so much for coming on. My yeah, friend. thank it you. It was man. so much fun. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, of course. And and uh, and of course for for anyone else who uh, who is who is a fan who who comments on uh, on our stuff occasionally, uh, just just know that flattery will get you everywhere. Absolutely. Uh, you know, nepotism is a real thing. All you got to do is uh, <laughs> is suck up to us and be like, hey, I like your podcast. And I'll be like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And uh, and, and let you and let you get on our show. So um, so on behalf of all of the Geek Bro Network, which includes podcasts like Mount Geekmore, which if you're watching live, you can see Daniel DeBona sporting our our, our threads there, right? Uh, Mount Geekmore, What's Up Bro, Kickflicks, Seasons, yeah, Kickflicks, Seasons, uh, Better Let Me Tell You, um, uh, uh, Dose, Dose of Ellie, Ellie Comedy uh, Fitness, Comedy Fitness think that's it we're all over the place yeah there's there's, there's a lot going on there and uh I, I think one in the pipeline as well yeah I so, think so um so on behalf of all of us uh and and, and us here at shiver fright you very much